StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the world's first internet radio station dedicated to startups and tech companies. Today, I welcome Stan from Driverama here with us. He is the officially, your title is chairman of the board of Driverama, and we'll get soon to how you got to this position and what are you guys doing and how you plan to conquer the world. But first, I would like to welcome you here, Stan. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hello. Hi, hi, Joe. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for having me here. Completely my pleasure. Um, I've, I've been, uh, looking through your LinkedIn profile a little bit as I do with all of my guests. And, um, I found it pretty interesting because you also spent some time at, uh, New Mexico State University. And actually you do have a PhD in psychology. So, uh, you're currently not analyzing me, don't you? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, don't, don't, don't worry. Um, I was really passionate about psychology and actually I'm, uh, I still am uh, really passionate about psychology, but my main focus has always been on organizational behavior. That's how we call it. So basically how people behave in organizations, how they behave in the group. So it's like very close, like social psychology and leadership and teams and motivation. So that's where I started. And yeah, as, I, as uh, you mentioned, when I was like, like, well, that was already a, a long time ago, uh, like 12 years ago, I did spend uh, some time at New Mexico State University. Uh, well, certainly not the most prestigious institution. Uh, nevertheless, I totally love that place. I, I, I loved the... Uh, uh, actually, I love New Mexico State. It's actually, you know, like a really nice place to to visit. Fantastic food, and uh, one of the great things about American universities is that when you really want to learn and when you are like really willing to take the most of it, you really can. So, fantastic library, uh, amazing teachers. You know, you that were willing to really, you know, spend some time with me and how you know, basically just helped me out to learn as much as possible. Uh, definitely one of the best years of my life. And uh, from what I've heard in New Mexico, you usually don't need an umbrella and warm socks. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> like, honestly, you know, like blue skies almost every day, you know, like, uh, I really miss that. I really miss that here in Central Europe. And what surprised me, given your background, that you actually did not go into something like consulting and organizational behavior and strategy and stuff like that, but you ended up in several um, corporate positions. Can you walk us through a little bit like the highlights? And and can you help yeah. me to, to, to pronounce this one name in the Czech Republic? Br 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 no? <laughs> How's it pronounced? But no, <laughs> it's, well, it's B R B R N O. It's actually just a four-letter city. Uh, look, it's actually sorry, very, very sorry simple. for everybody in Brno. <laughs> I, I'm going to visit one day, and I'm sure it's a beautiful city. Sorry for butchering the name. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, and it's actually very funny city. Like you, like okay, this is going to be like a little spoiler alert for for uh, visiting Brno, but there is several 
phallic symbols in the city that the city got famous for. So like literally when you like Google burnout tourism, there is just like so many things shaped like uh, a part of our body. It's just like a really weird city. Uh, maybe that's the reason why I was just so happy to spend some time abroad. And uh, yeah, as, uh, as uh, you said, like actually uh, my path uh, from you know, when I, you know, got my PhD, I didn't really end, end up in uh, the corporate world uh, right away. I did want to uh, do business on my own. And I actually uh, launched a fashion company, fashion brand called Galart, which is still uh, living now 12, 11 years after I uh, established that. I sold the company actually three years after I launched it, um, it was actually pretty, pretty successful uh, step at that time because I really started from scratch. And as a young guy, it was just amazing to just go through the whole exit process. Just tremendous school that you will never ever get in any uh, basically university. I don't really, there are no really books or courses like, you know, like sell your company one-on-one or something like that. So that was tremendous experience. And as you can imagine, three years of uh, building your own startup from scratch was incredibly um, challenging. And uh, it was just so interesting to actually uh, try that other world, that corporate world, uh, because I jumped right into like C1, uh, C2, or, well, or B2 position in the largest uh, bank uh, in this region, um, actually heading innovations. So it uh, was definitely very interesting to experience both like the startup world and like the heavyweight corporate world. Uh, and I will definitely elaborate more on, uh, basically the drive Rama takes the best of both because we are like fully startup DNA, but with a, with a heavy backing from, uh, from, a, from a big, uh, big corporation. So it's just really interesting to have the experience from both. And then you are actually been working in innovation for a bank and then again, you yeah. became a lecturer at the university. How, how did this go? Well, uh, look, there is, uh, okay, so innovations in bank, like I have to say that something is like super interesting because look, there's uh, the whole blockchain thing there uh, actually at uh, the time of uh, me being there, the whole idea of uh, basically uh, virtual wallets, uh, payment by, by cell phone and all of these things where uh, the main hype. So it was basically like six, uh, six years uh, ago. So definitely very interesting to be there. But as you can imagine, one of the disadvantages in the bank is that as you are in the extremely regulated world and, uh, despite the fact that everybody craves innovation there, you know, every board member, every investor, they just want to know what's going to be your next step, not to become this kind of an obsolete dinosaur in the financial world cr crashed by fintech companies. Uh, but as you can imagine, it's, um, you know, it's just uh, never ending meetings with uh, legal and uh, other uh, divisions in the bank that uh, tend to 
make even the most exciting projects a little bit boring. So I was just super happy to get to my biggest passion, which is cars. And honestly, like if, if anybody likes cars and you will end up working in a car industry, then it's just like, like your dream becoming true. Because, you know, there are just cars everywhere. Uh, in, in, even in my position, you I really have, have a chance to pretty much try anything, drive anything. Um, so, you know, I, I have to say it is if you like cars, you know, just do something with cars and you'll be probably happy for the rest of your life. It is, it is just like the people who like to travel and then they get to work in an airline where they have to travel a lot, right? Yeah, or if you like to travel and you like become like a travel blogger or something like that, uh, because honestly, you know, probably being a stewardess uh, will make you a little bit tired of flying after a while. But honestly, if you like cars and you just really drive something else, uh, you know, basically every other month um, and basically the whole day you just talk about, you know, cars and you talk about what you what you should buy what you should sell uh, you know it's just really better to talk about something that you can imagine that something you can touch that has colors that has accessories uh, then you know talking about the mortgage interest rates and futures mm -hmm. And the fees on international transfers yeah mm -hmm. been there um, when you're so fascinated with cars what is the best car ever built <gasps> Wow. Okay. I just really don't want to insult any of the great cars, but by not mentioning it. Oh my God. This is just so, so difficult. Um, okay. I, I have to say that design wise, I'm a big Bugatti fan and big Ferrari, Ferrari, La Ferrari fan. Um, but also, um, I'm a huge fan of just pure 911s. So, you know, maybe to be, to frankly say, which I consider to be the best piece of engineering, it's just like every single version of 911 and it's just getting better and better. We may add for everybody in the US, he's not referring to some terrorist attacks, but to the Porsche model yeah. 911. Porsche 911. <laughs> okay. Porsche 911. Ah, I see. Uh, this has a lot of how we say in German, Wumms. So it has a lot of horsepowers yeah. and a lot of acceleration. I see, see. So um, you, you ended up in automobile in the Czech Republic. And can you help us build the bridge to actually get to Driverama and setting up shop here in Germany? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, look, I, for the last five years, I've been heading innovations and growth strategies in RS Holdings, which is a company that is the largest uh, independent used car dealer and chain of used car dealers in uh, continental Europe. We do have over 40 branches, uh, mostly in Czech Republic, Poland, and Slovakia. We trade approximately 80,000 cars on retail market. and. That's important point that we are the full like end-to-end -end retail player. We buy cars from uh, customers. We sell cars to customers. So we are exactly in that field. Like, for example, in the Czech Republic, we have around 97% uh, brand recognition. So there is literally nobody who wouldn't know about who we are and what we do. And... 
uh, yeah, it was just really exciting time to be here for for last couple of years because it's, it has been all about data science. It has been all around all around like automating processes. So basically, being able to scale used car business because frankly this is probably something that everybody can imagine you know it's actually very easy to buy and sell like one car a month like anybody can do that it's you can even do like 10 10 cars a month and if you're you know like really hard working maybe you can even just like rent a little place and you can trade buy and sell 30 cars a month well it becomes tricky if you want to do 1,000 and if you want to do 10,000 uh, because suddenly you need to put processes and you need to put technology in uh, the area where uh, where a lot of like this kind of vague and unclear processes and features exist. And now let me clarify. In the used car business, there is one thing very specific, and that is that every single item is unique. So the fact that we bought and sold a million plus cars in the past, it means it has been million plus uh, different items. So it's not like that you, when you're selling computers you or you are selling, I don't know, chocolate bars, you sell 1 million chocolate bars, but it's still the same chocolate bar. Now here, every single car is different, different mileage, different conditions, different accessories, different specs. So suddenly it becomes really complicated if you want to automate that and if you want to scale that. And Ores has been really good with that under the brand of AA Auto in Central European uh, region. And we knew that we can do that also in Western Europe. And for the uh, past couple of years, we did that on a B2B level. So we bought and sold uh, thousands of cars each year. And uh, we knew that already for 2021, we are ready to step in with our retail operations as well. And we are just super excited to see uh, how well the market is responding, uh, how satisfied customers are, and you know what, what a great opportunity there is within German market and actually within the whole Western European market in used cars buying and selling. I I see logic. It definitely makes sense uh, to come to Germany if you're talking about cars because it's the home country of the cars. Uh, I, I did some research up front and it was more than 133 years when the wife, Berta uh, of Karl Benz, um, made yeah. the first uh, car ride from Mannheim to Pforzheim. It was actually August 5th, 1888 and still Germany is the place for cars and we do have quite a lot of well potential competition for you here there is mobile.de mm -hmm. once owned by ebay and now owned by a norwegian con uh, company there is uh, they generated something like 13 million visits a month in 2020 mm -hmm. autoscale 24 uh, owned by U.S. Yeah. investor Hellman and Friedman. They generate something like 8.4 million visits per month in 2020. And of course, there is the newly minted billionaire-owned um, Auto One with their uh, with their cars, with their used car platform. 
And uh, so they, they, there's a lot going on, including Autodoc, a Berlin-based platform for autopods, which is reportedly preparing for an IPO. So aren't you afraid a little bit of competition here? Oh, well, certainly <laughs> not. And uh, because first, I don't really think of the environment as a competition land. Uh, frankly, look, there is uh, around 8 million used car transactions only in Germany. There are literally like tens of millions of used cars bought and sold in Europe each and every year. Uh, so, um, from look from the from the uh, top of my mind, like uh, Auto Hero uh, or basically uh, Auto One, uh, we, they... we may clarify Auto One is a company and their uh, used yeah. car brand. What, what what I was referring to is called Auto Hero. Yeah. Yeah, Auto Euro and for car buying, they uh, have like Birkaufen and Auto. Um, uh, which also uh, means for everybody brand. who's not uh, uh, familiar with German, Birkaufen and Auto means we buy your car. And surprise, that's what they actually do. <laughs> exactly. And uh, look, they, they're doing a great job. Uh, if I remember, well, their last year numbers is the day. Uh, traded uh, over certainly over 600,000 cars, which is tremendous number. On the other hand, it's still only a fraction of the whole market. And uh, one uh, aspect or one parameter of the European used car market is that it is actually extremely fragmented, which means that there is uh, thousands of players. Actually, in whole Europe, there is over 50,000 dealers uh, that buy and sell used cars. So the market is extremely fragmented. Uh, it is matured on a certain level, but frankly, there is just still so much more that can be done better. There is still like big part of this like shady part of the business when you don't really know where you're selling your car and or where you buying the car from, there is still approximately one third of the market is traded what we call on the street. So it's, well, on one hand, peer to peer market is pretty good. If you want to sell, I don't know, your, uh, I don't know, the, uh, well, something like used skis or bicycle, but probably with the car, uh, which is the second largest expense that you can have after your your house or apartment. Well, uh, to, to move to organized market is uh, usually a, a, the safe choice. So I certainly don't consider that a competition. I'd rather consider that as a cultivation of the overall market environment. And basically, at the end of the day, it's the customers who benefit because uh, if you trade car with organized player, with basically a big company, you are having additional guarantees. You are having uh, a certainty that uh, nothing serious can go wrong uh, because frankly, uh, it is this peer-to-peer -peer market that on one hand might make makes you feel that you're going to make extra 500 euros on your car. But the truth is that 
you can also end up with zero and uh, whether you're buying a car or selling a car. So uh, to uh, I think this is just a great opportunity for each and every company to kind of increase the, the quality of the cars, of the service. So there is still a lot that can be done in buying and selling used cars and especially in online world. What are you referring to? is uh, called The Market for Lemons by Akelov, uh, an economist. And uh, th that's actually um, a pretty cool um, uh, example of asymmetric information distribution. Everybody who'd like to learn more, I'll link it down here in the show notes because that's really a problem because you buy it literally on the street and there's no guarantee. And if there's something wrong with the car, well, you're screwed. That, that was basically what, exactly. what you've been referring to. So exactly. now we know you're in Germany. It's a big market. Uh, there are some competitors here, but they are only having a fraction of the market and how you're planning to conquer the market. Yeah. So look, there's several unique value propositions that we are uh, bringing to the market. And probably the first, which I consider the most important, is that we trade cars across different countries, across different markets, and on the retail uh, level. So let me explain what that means. As you can imagine, uh, the same car has different value on different markets, and even in a different region. You know, a certain car has a different uh, value in the, um, in the, let's say, Bavaria in the mountains, and different value uh, up in north by Hamburg. Mm -hmm. And now imagine what difference you have in the value of the car, whether the car sits in the big German city or whether it goes to Czech Republic or whether it goes to Amsterdam or whether it goes to Spain. So there are massive differences in prices among, uh, among uh, countries. And it's literally between, well, it can go up to 20 to 30% price difference. And this is exactly where uh, we uh, bring the value to the customers because what we do is that when you come to our company that you want to sell the car, at the moment of the inspection, we already compare that given car with each and every market where we operate. So we know where we're going to sell the car already when we are giving you the price. So uh, just to give an idea, you come to our branch in uh, Berlin, and uh, the price of that car on the Berlin market might be 10,000 euros, let's say $10,000, whoever listens and what, uh, what uh, currency they work with. So let's say 10,000 euros. But this car might have a value of 11,000 euros in Munich or Stuttgart. Uh, but this car might have value of 9,000 euros in Vienna. 12,000 euros in Prague, because for example, uh, in this specs, in that color, in that configuration, there is no such a car available uh, in Prague market. So already at the moment when we are inspecting the car, we know, okay, so people in Berlin would pay 10,000 euros for this car, but people in our Czech market, they would pay 12,000 euros. And maybe people in Spain would pay 13,000 euros. So what we run is called pricing arbitrage. So already at the moment of inspection of the car, 
in Berlin, I'm looking at your car. Anybody else would give you 9,000 cars because they're going to sell it in Berlin for 10,000. But I can give you 11,000 or 12,000 because I know I'm going to sell it, let's say, in Spain. So what I do, I know I'm going to sell it for 13,000 in Spain. So I'm going to have some transportation costs, some logistics costs. Uh, I do need to make some margin, but I can still give you the best price because of this cross border arbitrage. And most importantly, we don't do it by like by hands. We don't do it manually. Uh, what RS as a holding has been developing for years, and now we benefit from that, is this pricing algorithms and extremely sophisticated data science that we use to do that automatically. So I'm looking at your car. I have an application where I input all of the data about the car in a very structured way. And that application, or basically the whole ecosystem of the applications, uh, gives me back the price, what I should buy it for. So... Uh, then I am not relying on the expertise of the people on the branch because they can make, me make mistakes, but I'm relying on the millions of data points that I have in the database because we have already traded million plus cars in the past. So we know exactly what is happening on the market, where is that car desired and what we should do with that car in order to make profit, but also to give you the best price possible. So... If I get this right, you're actually trying to start a trans-European used car market and using price differentials to give the client the best price, uh, which is basically, as you said, price arbitrage. You put it in the perfect words. That's exactly what we do. I see. Very interesting approach. Um, so what you guys are currently looking for right now, except for uh, a lot of people who want to sell their used car to you? Hmm. Yeah, well, so uh, basically till now, I've been explaining how we source cars, so how we buy cars. Then, of course, there's the whole selling part. Because uh, when selling a used car, our goal has been always to be absolutely obsessed by transparency. So this is something that uh, we are introducing to the, to the market that really we want our customers to really understand uh, what is going on, what the process looks like, uh, to really understand the car by each and every detail, to really know about each and every scratch, about each and every uh, uh, issue that the car might have uh, in, uh, in the past. Because uh, this is, I believe, one of the areas that should be cultivated and that is how transparently you describe product when you sell it online and this is something where actually e-commerce and online world i believe are totally going to disrupt uh, how people buy used cars because in the past you had to rely on basically what you are told by the dealer because when you went online what you saw were just fancy pictures of course, everybody would try to just take the, the best pictures possible and basically to make you fall in love with the car and that come to their branch mm -hmm. where you could realize that the car is not in such a good condition as was described. Well, in online world, it's different. Our motivation isn't to get you to branch. My motivation isn't to just sell you something as fast as possible and to never hear, uh, hear from you. Because first, if I do that, first, you will just crush me 
in um, in online world uh, and uh, to to be honest online reputation is the most valuable thing we all have and uh second it's uh the the fact that you buy a car online of course you can return the car within a certain period of time in the case of drive rama it's uh that you have a 15 day full money back guarantee and when when i when i'm saying full i really mean full so we give you back each and every cent that you paid on the overall invoice so for each and every service if you paid for insurance for uh i don't know what kind of upsell uh what kind of if you wouldn't like extra winter tires we give you every single cent back uh so of course our motivation is that if you buy the car you should be 100% satisfied because if you're not satisfied it's going to be my cost and my a uh, pain to deal with that. So, I believe that actually selling ca- used cars online is really going to disrupt the way they are being sold because finally customers will be in charge. Actually, finally customers will control the process and I believe that the most trustworthy players will win. And frankly, that's what I dream in each and every industry because, you know, I uh i i believe that the most trustworthy and the most fair and transparent banks should win insurance companies should win food delivery companies should win and of course used car uh buyers and sellers should win drive rama i see um you guys are currently looking for either new employees meaning you're hiring or are you guys looking for external investors Oh well we are mostly looking for great people to join. Uh frankly we uh really are obsessed by getting the best people on board. We're currently uh, heavily recruiting in Germany and Netherlands and also in our headquarters in Prague uh and we are already getting ready for for other European countries. So it's uh so now really it's all about getting the best people uh on board and not just expert wise but also value wise but now i mean personal values like we really really uh are focused on having the people in the team who understand that the whole business is about being fair being transparent being fast being innovative and if we see that uh that potentially uh hiree has this kind of values encoded in his or her dna i'm just super happy to get them on board uh and i'm i'm actually i have to say i'm very happy to see what diversity we're getting to the team actually today i just met the uh the group that will be running the our new branch in berlin and i'm super happy to see that we have two uh ladies who will be in charge of car buying uh which is not that uh, that common and because usually you know like car inspection car repairs have are primarily uh, kind of uh unequal uh, regarding uh gender preference and i've just met uh both of them and it's it's just really great to see that uh that we can really you know attract the whole variety of people and as long as they uh like what we do as long as they are aligned with our values um 
I'm just happy to see the company growing. Sounds pretty good. Um, only thing left for me actually to stay is I uh, love to have you as guest. Best of luck with uh, Driverama in Germany, where you actually headquartered in Munich, as well as for European and world uh, domination plans. And uh, let us know how you guys are doing. Maybe we can do an update sometime down the road. It will be my pleasure. I will be very happy to share the updates. Great. Thank you very much, then. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.